It's a good power to have, too. Well, they kind of say that it's not later on. And I was like, really? I, I feel like this could be useful. I think it'd be good, yeah. <laughs> I think it would be great. You could steal so many french fries. That's where you go. <laughs> I was trying to be wholesome for once. I'd steal french fries. I got a french fry for you to steal. Did Gordo just reference his pee-pee as a french fry? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you... <laughs> yeah, it's small and thin. It's a and it's curly. It's cut. a curly fry. <laughs> Covered in it's like a duck. <laughs> Very starchy. <laughs> Ketchup all over it. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, fuck. Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, a show where each week we pick a different sitcom. Watch just the first televised episode and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show. Rate it and decide if it's a show we want to green light or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Out of This World. Out of This World went 96 episodes over four seasons on first run syndication. They were talking about episode one, which was called Evie's 13th Birthday, originally airing September 17th, 1987. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the boys, Nick, Berg, Joe, and Gordo. What's going on, guys? Hey out. Yo. Hello. Don't be a diz. Happy Fanuary. <laughs> hey Joey, where'd you get all those dumb albums? That was what I thought of at the beginning of this. <laughs> Week three of Fanuary. So just to catch everyone up who doesn't know what Fanuary is, uh, is our thank you to like anyone who posted us on their Spotify raps. We took five because Spotify rap is a top five. We grabbed five so for the month of January, leaking into the beginning of February, obviously. We're giving those people, the fans, the picks. So, you know, we've just did two. We did Smart Guy. And then what the hell did we record last week? <laughs> My brain is completely turned off Greg at the moment. Greg the Bunny. Yeah, it's Greg the Bunny. And now um, and now we're doing Out of This World. So uh, we got two more after that. But so far, so good. Uh, you know, I'd say these picks are pretty nice. This pick by Josh. Josh has messaged us uh, like a few times over the last year and showed us that he was like, we were his number one on his rap for podcast, which is like, Whenever I seeing things like that still like completely blow my mind. And um, so thank you, Josh. We really appreciate it. So hopefully we can do this justice uh, for you with your pick of out of this world. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate your pick, Josh. I don't. Thank you. <laughs> Josh, I'm sorry that this isn't about SEX, but it is about G-O-R-D-O not having a good time watching this episode. <laughs> not, a, not even a sitcom. We'll get oh, that. Well, how could you say that? That's 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 egregious, Gordo. Well, Gordo basically just said he, he doesn't know what a sitcom is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there was comedy in situations, and it was twenty two minutes. There long. was no comedy, and it was a three camera. Like it was like as sitcommy as sitcoms get. There was there was Bobo George Santos. There was what? No comedy. Yeah, the the uncle. He looks like George Santos. George Santos wishes he looked like Uncle Bino. You are crazy. (laughs) I'll say this. This is one of those situations where knowing the things Gordo has passed, if there was a like a number one guy who I thought out of the five of us would love this show, it was going to be him. Yeah, Yeah, he passed homeboys in outer space. And that had actual homeboys in outer space. This had no outer space. You're going to break my fucking brain if you say this is worse than Homeboy Smarter Space. It is far worse. I will tell you. fucking go to your house and hit you you over the head with a fucking sock full of nickels. What is wrong with your brain? 
You greenlit the Big Show show. Because it was a good show. This <laughs> is not a good show. Well, I just quit this podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Real quick, I want to remind everyone to go to S1E1Pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to our social medias, S1E1Pod on Instagram and X, and then anywhere we can listen to us. Obviously, if you're listening to us now, you could probably figure that out. But follow us on our social medias. Um, that's how things like Fanuary happen, is interacting with you guys and being able to go back and forth. So we appreciate that. We want more of you to join in on that. So please give us a follow on those. And, um just, you know, hit us up. Tell us the shows you want us to do. And even though it's not Fanuary, we're always open to suggestions. As far as out of this world goes, who had like knowledge of this show leading into it? We had like a thing not long ago where the song not me. was like getting posted and we talked oh. about it. But this show itself, for this era, for it to be almost 100 episodes and kind of like leak into this, like into the early 90s, no recollection of it at all. It's weird too because it's a syndication only show and other syndication only shows. We all knew. Like, I knew the song from this. I don't think I've ever seen a full episode. I knew the premise, and I knew the song, but that's it. I literally watched this as, like, a three-year-old Ferg, and, like, I remember bits and pieces from being that young. What's crazy is if you look up at this show, you can actually see syndication history, and this was syndicated on three different channels in Boston when we were kids. So really? even harder, right? If you liked this show as a kid back then, hard to follow a show changing networks completely. Right, like it went from yeah. the WB affiliate, which was just WLVI fifty six back then, to Fox to one other network, maybe like another UHF station. But like we wouldn't have had ability to know that. I was gonna say those were all over the air uh, channels, yeah. so at least you could get them. Yeah, whereas other shows like Mama's Family we covered that was syndication did a ton of syndication on cable. Like a lot of that was like TBS. Yeah, yeah. And for those of you who are like listening or a little lost on that. Restaurant syndication is kind of like, instead of a network outright owning the show, it's like, it's kind of independently made and then just sold to whatever networks want to air it after it's been self-produced in a way. So that's what we're dealing with here. So that's why it wasn't like properly owned by NBC or Fox or ABC or anything like that. Because nobody would dump money into this. Gordo, it was on for multiple seasons. Burt yeah. Reynolds is a part of this. Fuck you. He's not. He, he, did you just say he's not? But Reynolds' name was hidden for the show for a very specific reason, though. Real quick, want to go over a couple little things. IMDb had this one clocked in at a 7.3. Rotten Tomatoes doesn't know this show exists. <laughs> I tried to find it. <laughs> to be fair, though, if you look at this show, it hasn't been played in syndication after its first run very much. And it's only ever released on DVD in seasons one and two only in Germany. So there's not a good afterlife for this show. It's on YouTube, a lot of it. Well, I can see it being on Rotten Tomatoes without a rating, but it just doesn't pull up Like when you try to find it. It's not even there. I even went to the girl who played Evie's like, page and then searched her like lists of credits, and it's not in there. It's wild to me, again, if nothing else, because of Burt Reynolds. Like one of the biggest actors of all time is in this show. And for it to not exist somewhere, that's a very strange thing. Although, I will say this. R.I.P. Burt Reynolds, one of my absolute favorites. And in 1987, Burt Reynolds is coming off of Malone. I think possibly my favorite Burt Reynolds movie, where he has a barbershop kill scene of Tracy Walter, the uh, roller coaster operator in Get a Life. So if you want to connect those <laughs> two things together. But he's also not even doing Burt Reynolds' voice. Burt Reynolds has the most recognizable voice of all time. He is not doing his own voice in this. Yeah, I thought that was a little interesting. Did you ever see the sequel to Malone where it was about a prostitute? It was called Ho Malone. 
Don't get Got one. Got one. <laughs> Don't love that. Uh, fun story about Burt Reynolds. In front of his um, gravesite, Ferg nearly set his pants on fire by leaning on his vapor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still have the scar from the burn on my leg. So over this beautiful scenic area, we saw he's... um. Burt Reynolds is buried at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery in L.A. And, and when we went over there, be. we we paid our respects. And all of a sudden, you're like, the hell's that smell? <laughs> and so over this beautiful area where his, where his uh, headstone's at, overseeing the lake, it's just like, all of a sudden, it just smells like burnt popcorn or something. No, that it's was burnt flesh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you consumed a lot of salt and butter that day, so it smelled like popcorn. <laughs> Burt Reynolds' headstone, by the way, is just like a bust sculpture of him, which is... I'm looking it for be. it in my phone right now that was a long time ago and i take a lot of pictures <laughs> well what are you gonna do show everyone listening so it doesn't really matter at the <laughs> moment have we talked true. did we talk previously about the box of bert and how i got horn swoggled so last year this australian dvd company or blu-ray company whatever they're like hey we're doing a big box of bert and putting a bunch of bert Reynolds movies that have never been on like blu-ray out again right so like cannonball run and a bunch of these movies so home alone the box set and it comes with a poster and air freshener and a bumper sticker. This is Honk If You Love Burt. And the picture of it was the famous naked picture of Burt Reynolds where he's like laying on his side with his dick tucked back. That was like a big thing in People Magazine in the 70s. And I got so excited for it. And then when it showed up in the mail, I don't know whether it was the estate of Burt Reynolds or if they like said maybe this is too much. But they changed all of the materials to be Burt doing the same thing, but in a tuxedo. Like they photoshopped a tuxedo. Onto the naked picture of Bert, and I was so fucking mad. Now I've just been on a hunt to find an actual poster of the naked Bert Reynolds photo. Well, Joe, instead of making <laughs> lobster bibs, you could just make it yourself. How can he? How can he make naked Bert Reynolds? I mean, he, he could. It would just be weird. <laughs> but you could then go get the Home Alone and dig him up. I'm, no, it didn't I'm, work. I don't like that. <laughs> that, that didn't work. So anyways, I you know, I think we should um get into this show a little bit because there, as much as Gordo doesn't seem to think though, I I, I think there's a lot to uncover on this one, there's so I kinda wanna get into it. Nothing to uncover. Just go to the green light of cancel. Gordo, are okay. you editing this one? I am. Oh, I'm gonna make this so long. <laughs> it already is longer than it needs to be. So in any event, so the opening scene we see Evie, who's the main character, played by Maureen Flanagan. And she's sitting at her window and she's just kind of drawing and listening to the radio. Next song up on the radio was I Love Ugly by the Bucket Breaths. <laughs> I did look it up, by the way. There is no history of any band called the Bucket Breaths. Oh, nice. So we'll if you add guys want to start the a new of, band, the yeah. name is up for grabs. We've talked before about like we need to make all the fake band t-shirts. Yeah, they have to be playing a show live with the band from, uh, God, what show is it with the... Pondscum. Pondscum was on um, Free Spirit. Yes. Which is a similar kind of show to this, if you think about it. Yeah, actually. Oh, because she wasn't a spirit. She was like an alien witch. I was going to say, well, the witch in Free Spirit wasn't really a witch either, so it was more like a genie. But yeah, in any event, so there's a knock on the door while she's sitting in there, and it's her mom, Donna. Donna, who's played by someone named Donna, Donna Pescow, who I was like, why do I know her face? She's actually like the one of the main female roles in Saturday Night Fever. That's where I know her from. Yeah, I was like, Jay is definitely going to know that it's the Saturday Night Fever lady. And she's been on a ton of stuff, too. She's, like, in The Sopranos. She's been working forever. No, she was in last year, too. That Welcome to Chippendales TV series. Anybody watch that? It was really Oh, I good. didn't see that, no. No. It's uh, like Kumail Nanjiani. It's like a comedy. Oh, I remember what that. I never saw it, but yeah, I know what you're saying. 
we find out apparently we're an hour away from Evie's 13th birthday. And mom's asking if she feels any different, like any types of changes. And she goes, still flat. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> and it begins. <laughs> and mom's like, you've been watering them every day, right? I was like, oh, we don't need to follow up to this joke. <laughs> yeah, the fact that there's a, a yes and to this joke is a little bit more than I expected. And then mom's kind of digging further. She's like, no, I'm talking about more like powerful changes, not S-E-X. And she's like, well, you know, you probably know more than I did at your age. <laughs> and she's like, I probably know more than you do now. Oh, okay. Again, hold on. <laughs> this is getting a little suggestive. Which is funny to think of in 1990, right? Because it's such a, or 80, it was 87? 87. It was 87, yeah. To think of that, right? You always think you know more than your parents do. And I think as kids, it's obvious so much you don't, right? But now, like, I wouldn't be surprised if a 13-year-old was like, I know more about sex than you do. Kids are seeing a lot very early now. Yeah. A lot very early yeah. and like going down weird rabbit holes that we never had the opportunity to that we probably wouldn't at 38, you know? We didn't have the internet. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Right. We, we, I think we've we talked did. about this in past episodes. No, but like when we were kids, like porn to us was the little preview magazines in like the corner of the video store. And you'd see yeah, like a naked girl in it. And now like a kid you'd who's see really a mouth young. near a penis. And you're like, a yeah. blowjob is gonna happen at some point in this scenario. And now you can watch unspeakable things, like absolutely unspeakable things at a very young age. And We'll see how that turns out as these kids get older, but <laughs> that's a much longer conversation for something different than this. We had Lemon Party growing up. That's very different. That was to be funny. That was. <laughs> I don't think it was made to be funny. I think it was I made. It was. I think it's a screenshot of something that was very loving in the moment. <laughs> they just didn't expect <laughs> it would be funny to a lot of other people. So mom keeps going on saying, like, are there any special changes? Like, can you see through walls? And she's like, wait, what? And she's like pointing her daughter at the wall and trying to get her to like at least attempt to look through the, the wall. I mean, you're dumb as a 13 year old, though. If your parents at 13 were like earnestly asking you that, if you were like, wait, has anybody has they been lying to us? Can you see through walls when you're older? You'd be kind of stoked about it. It'd be fun to, to, if we all just gained some powers. Mom's asking like more weird questions. And during that, it cuts to like a painting on Evie's wall of a rainbow shooting out of a cliff on an island. And it was out of no context. I'm like, what is Violet going out of their way to show you this? It's the alien planet that she's never seen and shouldn't know. Well, right. But as we watch this, that it makes no sense. It's like, why are they cutting to this? Oh, at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Mom's telling Evie that, you know, I wish your father were here. And we find out in that part of the conversation that like, dad's not around, but he's not dead. He just can't be there. And we don't really know anything yet. But like. I don't know. It's tough because just knowing the premise of the show, we kind of, we know what dad is. So I don't know if you're a first time watcher on television. I mean, you know, the show is called out of this world. So there's going to be something weird going on. Are they alluding to enough yet early on with the looking through walls? Like, would that be pieced together if you didn't already know? I, think I don't think just, so. The being mysterious on purpose this early. I'd be curious to see what the promotional like advertisements for it were. If they, gave that away at all i'm sure they would have to right and uh we're gonna get into it but this has a different intro than the intro we all love and then but but what i the reason why i bring that up is the the actual intro it shows all that everything. it has everything i i do want to get into that when we talk about that yeah but i, I wonder if that's why this has a different one is they didn't want to reveal stuff 
I, I yes. will say this though, it reminded me a lot of the beginning of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It's a young yeah. girl, it's a lot of like yeah. she doesn't know about her 100%. powers. But when you go into Sabrina the Teenage Witch, you're like, well, I'm pretty sure this is Sabrina and she is a teenage <laughs> witch. Yeah. Like you know that going in. Whereas this one, yeah, I don't think it's very if you didn't know, I think you'd be lost a little bit. You know what I thought was funny? I, I couldn't help but clock this like right from the beginning. So Evie, like I said in the beginning, was sitting at like her window and looking out the window and drawing and stuff, and we see her in front of it at other times. You can tell that that window is like a giant green screen thing, but there's like nothing that ever happens with it in this episode. It's just they use it to just make a black background with some stars. Well, you could have just done like a cloth. I think that's just because of the resolution we watched it in. It probably looked better in better resolution. But you can see with them in front of it that it was intended to be like green screen. So I'm like, I'm waiting for some 87 effect to happen where something flies by and it just well, I'm, doesn't. I'm guessing it was just green screen because if there wasn't something blocking that window, you probably would have saw like the psycho hose or like some other Hollywood backlots thing. Or just bricks. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that it's a psycho house. Like Anthony Perkins up there like. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't Psycho 387, I want to say. One thing people forget about is there were weird psycho sequels in the 80s that are There's very, very interesting. Also, did anybody else clock her computer? No. 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 Just, it's the only one angle that they, it's like from the perspective of looking through her window almost, there's like a there's like a computer in her room, which is really strange for this time, but I feel like you see it a lot in TV that these kids just have like computers in their room. But I, I scoured the internet to what that computer might be, and I think it's just a fake set one. It looks like an old Apple II maybe, but I don't know. I always thought it was weird that there are computers in these kids' rooms on sitcoms, but they never get used with exception to Clarissa Explains It All. Like, it's like a focal point, but it's just like these expensive things that are like wildly expensive for the time. When we were kids and Clarissa would use her computer to make her own video games, I was like, (laughs) my mind was fucking blown when I watched that show. Yeah. You think she used it to hack the mainframe? If you think of Stand By Me, which I think is 86, maybe, so a year before this. There's like a home computer scene at the end. It's him writing the story. In 1986, like that's what a computer could do. You had a word processor. That was it. You know what I mean? Like, so the idea of having it in your room, it's like, it's for your homework. How long would it take to print out a dot matrix homework response? You know what was nice about um, like the end of Stand By Me too with that scene? It was just, it's nice to be able to see at least one person be able to finish the story, you know? Yeah. Except for the end of the story makes you cry your eyes out every time because that's the saddest end of a movie ever. So this scene kind of closes out where Evie's going to head to bed. She's telling her mom, you know, it would be cool if I could see three things. And she's saying, because then she would see like, I don't know, one of her classmates to check and see if she's actually wearing a padded bra. I was like, oh, this is back to back to teenage boobs. A lot of little girl titty talk. <laughs> Just too much, much for the first scene. 80s. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, you know, I mentioned the first painting that we see that they kind of don't explain. You do see in this scene, a painting of the cube, which comes into play later. So, yeah, it's like you're supposed to see it like and I get why they showed us the painting early, but it's in this moment. It's just very random because they, they made it like this really concerned effort to show you that first one out of nowhere. Yeah, it's just funny because it looks just it looks just like a building you'd see at Epcot. It's <laughs> just like one of the sides. It's very 80s, right? glass bricks. I mean, glass bricks were so perfectly 80s. Right. And that cube thing is just a glass brick on its angle, you know? Yeah. And then from there, we get into the intro, which is like the what i really want to talk about in this episode in general because this is a bad version of it it put me in a bad mood yeah so it's a modified version of the song swinging on a star which was originally a bing crosby song that was part of the movie going my way 
that's a big hit. He didn't write it, but it was his big. He was the first to record it. So Bing Crosby was the first like recording artist to record that song. Sinatra perfected it. Sinatra did it. Uh, I don't know. Have you ever seen Hudson Hawk? Because I'm pretty sure the yeah. Bruce Willis version. They say Bruce Willis does it in a movie. Uh, Hudson Hawk is a terrible. He's singing movie, the, the Sinatra version because it's the perfected version. The only time Bruce Willis and I don't know if you've ever heard Bruce Willis's album. I feel like this has come up before. The Return of Bruno. It's not a good record. Once every couple months, I do watch him do his Seagram's Wine Cooler commercials. That's just, very like, often for something that obscure. Because <laughs> it comes to my brain all the time. Because he always says they're wet and they're dry. And that phrase pops in my head super often. You're my weirdest friend. Yeah. I'm friends with Goro. I'm sorry. We were at a fucking uh, like an antique mall the other day. And there was a giant Seagram's like, light up sign from the 80s in there. And it's just like, they're wet and they're dry. People <laughs> are looking at me like, what the fuck, man? As everybody should be. I'm sorry, wine coolers just haven't been, we got some Bartles and James. We could, do they still make wine coolers? I feel like we need to look at I, them. They exist. I think that they they went the way of the dinosaurs once like hard lemonade. Came. Yeah, hard lemonades and seltzers killed the wine they cooler. They still exist. I, they're just not nearly as popular, obviously. And then like, yeah, and then yeah, the era of the White Claws and all that stuff have kind of taken over. But but I think like our parents' generations who like grew up enjoying wine coolers, like will still buy wine coolers if they're like we're going to the beach or like this zima tastes like candy yeah (laughs) not to get ahead but as it ferg kind of talked about it earlier so the version this intro is a much shorter version of the standard version that we're kind of used to seeing on this show if you watch other times if you just go on youtube you can watch the full version of the intro that's just shorter it's completely different well some of those clips are in it like the overseeing like the beach areas the same closing shot and stuff like that the way the the pilot version is, is basically just a tourism bureau video of the city of Carmel by the Sea, which is like, dan, 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 dan. ocean, rocks, big, beautiful house. <laughs> I think they don't, they didn't want to reveal everything for episode one in the intro, which is fair. I think it's smart. I respect that. And I will say, if you watch the intro for the rest of the season, though, what what's nice is so they're showing the like the mother and father falling in love and stuff and kind of going through everything. But they, they kind of Wilson him, so his face is covered throughout every scene where you see the father. Like, yeah, but I know funny. there's a wonderful mustache under that helmet. <laughs> yeah. It is fun, though. That makes me think, because I've never seen this whole show, that those are scenes they filmed. Are there full episodes where... He never shows up. Okay. <laughs> is this like a... I've been watching Frasier, which I had never seen until we started watching this show. Crazy to me. It was just crazy. Well, as a kid, I thought it was going to be like a boring adult. It was pitched to us as kids, even though I like Cheers, as way too much of a boring adult show. I see now that it's not. But do you ever see Maris? Yeah, not a lot, but she's in it. Okay, because I'm two seasons in, and I love that they keep referring to her and you never see her. So the thing is, like for you, and I don't want to get into a giant Frasier tangent, but for you as someone who loves Cheers, who's watched it through multiple times, Mm -hmm. and as someone who's watched so much television, like Mm -hmm. in big sitcom guy, the fact that... You didn't casually see some of Frasier because that show was so huge in its run when it was like on originally that like you would just think you'd stumble on some episodes. Well, in fairness to him, I hated Frasier when it was on and I like it now. I always liked Frasier. I always liked it. It just seemed very dry and about like a radio host and sex stuff that was being talked about very cheekily with funny accents. And if anyone wants to go back, we we did cover Frasier. So you can go back and listen to that episode if you'd like. But yeah, no, um, intro, it's, uh, it's tough because before this was even picked for, you know, February, we had talked about this show 
and potentially doing it because that intro, I don't know if it was like one of those like little viral clips or whatever, but we had It's top five of all time, that intro, all right? It's great. The the other recorded version though, because the version we hear here isn't the same. So no, it sucks. So you're excited for the intro and then you don't get the intro. <laughs> like you're getting a much worse version of the same Bullshit. song. Which is, yeah. I will say this to Gordo, who doesn't like this show and doesn't like this intro. I would like for you as an experiment, as another musician, watch the intro, the good version from YouTube later, right? And I don't know how often you pick up your guitar during the day, but if you don't pick it up and try to play it within 48 hours, I'd be very surprised. It's that catchy. Okay, I'll try it. I'm terrible at doing that, though. It's super simple. It's basically just like a, it's like almost like a walk bass line, like dee, 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 It's a okay. super simple thing. It'll hit you. But like, it, it took me 20 minutes and I was just like, oh, I have to try to play this. Like my brain will hurt if I don't. And I think this transitions perfectly into the next scene, which starts with the most amazing music I've ever heard. This is the most 80s, perfect 80s party. It's new wave yeah. music. It is uh, shoulder pads galore, charcuterie bur- uh, boards. This is pretty nuts and i wish i could be birds i am <laughs> <laughs> hey, still sick my brain is still operating at like 50 50 here i apologize a charcuterie bird might be delicious though they put a little poultry on those they'd probably be a little bit more appealing to me otherwise it's just like oh look it's just a lunchable with some grapes on it hey pepperoni is pepperoni i like pepperoni i like cheese and i don't know if we've had a charcuterie talk on here before but i just oh, it's think it's bullshit. the most it's the most wildly like overdone thing that our generation has taken ownership I of all of a sudden. No, it's a bunch of cheap ingredients and all of a sudden because they're together because they're together, all of a sudden it becomes a hundred dollar fucking dish. And fuck charcuterie boards. Uh, you don't pay that much for it. I mean the Sutton family version is literally just good cheddar and good pepperoni stick. And that's not a charcuterie board then. You need a grape and something mushy. Do we all make our own charcuterie boards? Yeah. No, I don't need like how often do we need this? Oh, because I, I, I make charcuterie. That's boys. just you have crackers and cheese. That's not charcuterie. Are you catering a wedding? No, my wife is European. We like eating cheese and crackers. And you're and- a pooping. <laughs> Jay's trying not to laugh. <laughs> Jay got, you got Jay I feel with like everyone joke. tried not to laugh at that and <laughs> fucking had to. He's team poop and he knows it. I, I know. It was seeing how tickled Ferg was to, to tell the joke. Yeah, sure you were. Okay, here's the thing, though. First of all, the most wildly overdone thing our generation has done is beer, okay, by a fucking landslide. Beer? Um, yeah, yeah, just the, yes, the sure. craft beer explosion is insane. But it's cheese is expensive, and those meats are expensive if you want to do a good charcuterie board. If you want to do anything good, it's going to be more expensive, but there's also times where you go to a brewery or any any random place like, oh, we have charcuterie, and it's just... Like the most basic of pre-packed meats that you could get at the supermarket and they just put it on a piece of wood and then all of a sudden I'm supposed to think that it costs more. But you can get a good a good margarita pepperoni stick is like eight bucks and a good block of cheddar cheese from Cabot is like six bucks. A box of crackers is four bucks. Like you, but I don't need to put that on a hunk of wood. You can just eat pepperoni and cheese. Well, you just have... See, for me though, the chunk of wood is just that there's a million cutting boards in our house yeah. and that's easier than putting a yeah. bunch of dishes. That's just one dish. You know what's really good on a charcuterie board that we just recently started doing is you get a block of cream cheese and you cover it in like your own like, you know, jam or jelly or something like that. And then you get a scoop of the jam and jelly with the cream cheese. Get that on a cracker. It's fucking delicious. I'll try that. There's one thing I learned from the Internet. It's that cream cheese is such a diverse thing. (laughs) You mix it with anything, (laughs) like all these different food things, like pasta. (laughs) 
Where previously, when I was like 17, someone was like, do you want to try cream cheese on a bagel? But the bagel is a sweet bagel. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? You can't do that. You can't put cream cheese on a raisin bagel. And you eat it. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm so sophisticated. <laughs> like whether you want to make buffalo chicken dip or mm-hmm. make a cheesecake. <laughs> Philadelphia cream everything. cheese is oh, there yeah. for you. You want to make frosting? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you, the good folks at Philadelphia, for making yeah. our lives so, so it's known. Yeah, S twenty one's very pro cream cheese. Uh, yeah, any cream. This is a cheese. This is a cheese group. Any cream cheese companies want to sponsor us? We're we're in. <laughs> but so, anyways, back to this. So yeah, so the music is awesome, and they're dancing, and you see all this fun stuff at the party, like Evie dancing with her uncle Bino, and best kids, character on the show. Yeah, kids looking at the fish tank and mom making have a to veggie talk about Uncle Bino a little bit. He looks like George Santos. He does not. He does not. We yeah, talked it's... about that previously. He does not look like George Santos. He looks kind of like Pendulette. Did Gordo watch the show like upside down or something? If anything, he looks like Uncle Otho from... Um... Yes, he does. I would give you 100%, that. 100%, yes. Oh, he but looks like But this dude, him Joe Alasky, if you look him up, he has done every cartoon voice you could ever imagine in our entire childhood, basically. Do you know who else he was? He is Stinky from the movie Casper. He's the stinky ghost from Casper. No shit. Which makes his brother <laughs> Casper, Casper Jackson. Jackson. Oh, yeah. hi, everybody. He's oh, back. is Tito here, too? Oh, I like this show. I don't think Gordo <laughs> likes it very much, but that's because Gordo won't come play with me. I'm just a child. I'm Casper Jackson. This is Joe. Can you please come up here and hit Joe, please? (laughs) My wife can hear this through the walls and I can feel her like scratching. You know why Gordo doesn't like this show? Because Gordo watches the show like he watches every show. He has it on his phone on the side while he's doing dishes and like occasionally glances over. No, I actually make a concentrated effort to sit down on my couch and just watch the episode. I do make a concentrated effort to do that. This just was not a good show. This was not funny. Well, we'll continue on. So, yeah. Like, I am not entertained thus far. Well, Mom walks up to Evie and Uncle Bino with some of the veggies that she's been preparing, and we find out all about Uncle Bino's bee diet, where he can only eat foods that start with the letter B, which I felt there were so many obvious jokes that they just didn't go with. Like, the jokes they used all kind of sucked here. Like, Oh, like when you ate Brussels sprout, Brussels sprouts with beans? beef, <laughs> like, oh, like that's the best you could do. What about Uncle Bino eating beans? I thought the I thought the cake part was going to be, uh, oh, be birthday cake. I was yeah, so mad because it's like, oh, we're going to have the birthday cake. He's like, wait, what kind of cake? Because for my bee diet, I need to know what kind of <laughs> birthday cake it is. And it's like birthday. <laughs> birthday is a B word. <laughs> I think Gordo was onto something where his name is Bino, and Bino was a medicine in yeah, the eighties. Right? It was a gas farts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it still exists. Could have been like beans, Bino. <laughs> like that's a joke. They missed. Uh, if he was like the farty uncle, I would have hated it. <laughs> oh, I would have too. No, you but it's an know. easy right joke. I want to say too when they're dancing, Uncle Bino's got the moves. All right, when he's trying to figure out how to be able to eat birthday cake. B I R T H D A Y cake on his on his, with his B diet, and he finds out that it's um, a C word because it's chocolate. He goes, "Oh, close enough." It's like, come on, 
I was so mad. I was the like, joke was the, right there. It's, it's, it was. It was right there, and they missed it, and that really bothered me. I'm eating all this beef, and the doctor says I'm having bardiac breast. R.I.P. <laughs> Uncle Bino. He is no longer with us. When did Uncle Bino pass? A couple years ago. Ah. So now we cut to some kids who are calling Evie over because of her dumb records. And all it is is like Motown stuff. It's nothing like that crazy. I took a minute with this one, right? I did too. Like, like, where'd you get these? Do you you look up how far back this would be for us? So for this, it would be about, uh, it was about 30, if not less years. It'd be like 20 to 30 years, depending on the album. They said the Vandellas, and that's my favorite Motown song of all time is Heat Wave. I'm Arthur and I love Heat Wave. It's a great song. So I use that as my gauge, right? So they're 24 years away from Martha Vandella's Heat Wave in this one. I looked up some of the songs that would be 24 years from us now if they did that. Oh. And I laughed so hard because the first one that popped up would be like, where'd they get these dumb albums? Creed with arms wide open. <laughs> and I laughed for like 10 fucking minutes thinking about a sitcom where they're making fun of the girl for being like, my dad really likes these old bands with arms wide open. <laughs> the Smooth by Rob Thomas and Santana. Also the same great year. Song, a fucking though. great song. 2000 was a dog shit year for music. You look up that year in popular music, it is awful. I was looking up all the like all the artists that were mentioned. There was four different ones that got mentioned and kind of seeing what their big hits were. And, and I agree. Heat Wave is one of my favorite songs of that era. Um, they also do Dancing in the Street, which I think is more popular, but Heat Wave is, is the song. Shouldn't there have been more doo y like bands, though? Because they established that, that the dad liked doo-wop. The Cadillacs were like the most doo-woppy of all of them i guess but it, it yeah we find out the dad loves doo-wop and that was like his connection but all his records are motown <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's very strange the coasters you would know from their song yakety yak which is don't like talk back don't talk probably back. the goof, goofiest song of all the ones that uh from those <laughs> bands oh man i'm listening to that later though <laughs> speaking of stand by me a big song in stand by me soundtrack while they're talking it's like all oh, these are my dad's records I don't see him, but he sends my mom mysterious codes so we know that he's doing okay. Very weird, but she's a she's just turned 13. This is what she's been led to believe is true. And we cut to a sidebar between mom and Bino, and he's like, when are you going to tell the truth? It's, it's like, get on the stick, mama. He's like, so everything he said was so fucking corny. You know, I just realized, because I was just looking up, like, because Joe mentioned the cartoons and stuff, but I didn't realize his first name is Bino. I just thought he was, that was his last name. Like Greg Bino? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Named their kid Bino. Greg what is Bino. Bino short for? A Bina free. <laughs> Benito Mussolini. <laughs> They're like, uh, I'm going to go by Bino. I'll probably get in some trouble if I go by Benito anymore. Oh, for this is my son, Benjamin. <laughs> Um. gotta give that one to you thank you Bino also says um, he's like what if she turns into a lizard like on that TV show and we find out the dad was capable of transforming there's still no official reveal but at this point you can pretty much figure out what's going on here this is weird too though because he says the line oh my niece, the reptile, which means they realized in writing this, they were like, we have no idea who this weirdo guy is. We have to make sure he establishes that he's the uncle. Like, we need, like, uncle exposition here. And I feel like it's forced in because the conversation's so weird. You're like, is he a neighbor? Is he the mom's yeah, love interest? I thought that he was the mother's love interest at 
first. So, like a step parent. Oh, step Beano. <laughs> step Beano. <laughs> Happy 13th birthday, Evie. I'm stuck under the stairs. <laughs> so, explain this to me. After this, the doorbell rings and it's the mayor. <laughs> and they never really explain like his relationship to anybody there. So why is the mayor there? And why is a 13 year old girl so excited that the mayor's at her birthday? Are they leading us to believe too, that they are in the Los Angeles area because of who his contacts are? I can, I can speak to, I can actually speak to this because I actually knew this going into the show and was like, I never thought this information would be useful in any capacity ever. So uh, this, the town it's supposed to be in is supposed to be this town, Carmel, which is basically it's like in between L.A. and San Francisco and Clint Eastwood lived there for years. And in the 80s, he actually ran for mayor and became mayor. So this whole character is in reference to he's supposed to be as famous as Clint Eastwood and playing that level of celebrity who's now running for mayor in this kind of small town where everybody okay. would know him. He was the mayor. Yes. Yes. And they're, they're making him be that character, but they're really telegraphing why you would. Okay. But that's how it's written. So, like, that's why they would all know who he is. Because imagine if we lived in Winthrop, which is a tiny town, right? And all of a sudden, some giant actor moved there and became mayor. Everybody would know who he was. But he'd still have to do the mayor duties. Oh, Mayor Wahlberg. What's up? <laughs> oh, I, weirdly, that's what I thought of, too. And I hated yeah, thinking it. I was like, I'm not going to say it out loud. <laughs> They never, like, hint towards it or anything, but I kind of wondered if, is he supposed to maybe be with the mother now or dating? Like, I can't figure out why he's at this party, and I'm trying to make sense of it. She works for his campaign. When he comes out of being frozen, first thing he says is, we need to talk about the campaign. Oh, oh okay. Oh. I missed that. I, I was like, I don't understand the, the relationship here. And when she first becomes unfrozen, she says, it's not time for that now, too. And I don't know if you guys looked up much about this. Doug McClure, the actor who plays this, he's most famous for being on The Virginian, which is one of the, like, early 60s uh, westerns, which is also very much like Clint Eastwood, right? Um, but he's he's the he's who Troy McClure on The Simpsons is based on. I was going to say, you just said, the, oh, and he's most famous for, like, the Troy McClure. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. Yeah. <laughs> but he's also in a million amazing things, too. He's in Tapeheads, 52 Pickup. He acted forever. He died in the 90s, but... He's basically who Troy McClure is. So when you see him and you know that, it's it's right there, you know. You know, I got that vibe when I saw him, but I didn't make I didn't know that that's who Troy McClure was based on. Oh, so you got the correct vibe? I did. That, that's well written show, huh? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. He's a well written. He's an actor. He first comes in and he gives a summons for the noise, and he made it sound like he was joking around, but actually gave the mom a summons for the noise. Like, get out of my fucking house. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what a dick. <laughs> I will say, though, I think the writing, I don't think it's good writing, but I think what the writing is, is to say, like, when you have somebody being a famous person stuck, who becomes the mayor, they have to then assert their power enough in little things to be like, see, I'm actually, it's like a substitute teacher sending you to the principal, right? Being like, hey, look, I do have power, though. And it gets abused because you have to show that you aren't just like a figurehead, right? I think it's bad see, writing, but I think that's what they're going for. See, when he first came in, he was talking about the homeowners association. So I thought he was like like the president of like the block or whatever, giving them a summons. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Like the HOA president or something. Yeah, me too. Like you changed the flag on your house and you're not allowed to take it down and here's a thirty dollar fine. 
Dude, HOAs are fucking wild. It's an insane thing they that are. somebody thought of that and other people were like, I think that's a good idea. I'll go with it. Fucking insane. So I've been getting a ton of videos on like Instagram reels of just people fighting with the HOA people at, on their ring doorbells. <laughs> Like, you got too many packages. I have to find you. Like, fuck you. <laughs> you got too many packages. You ordered too many things online, yeah. and it goes against the HOA rules. Suck off. Holy shit. <laughs> His character just kind of sucks in general, so that was a bit much. And then the next thing, too, is he's like, oh, I have your present. Do you want to open it? And then I was like, actually, nah, I'm a tease. You can open it after you open your other present. That is a weird line. That's the one line. <laughs> like, What? That was a little weird to a 13-year-old girl. I did Aren't not I? like that. <laughs> oh, step mayor. I'm such a little tease. Step so mayor, step You may remember me from other films, such as yeah, step mayor goes south. <laughs> we do cut to later on when she's actually opening her presents, and it starts with, like, the sweater, which is hideous sweater, but whatever. 90s fashion had some pretty wacky patterns. I just love that it's a very ugly sweater, and immediately one of the girls is like, I want to borrow that. The girl she's who like, okay, gave it cool. to her, I think. I think it's the girl yeah. who actually gave her the sweater was sure. like, I want to borrow it sometimes. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like that. It's a bowling ball called Homer. <laughs> and after that, Mayor Dickhead's ready to give his gift to Evie. And Don't you call him Mayor Dickhead when you talk about his gift, though. That's a great this gift. Is a great Hold gift. on. Yeah, Hold on. Great gift. First Part gift, two though, is a great gift. <laughs> originally it's uh, it's two weeks where she can commit any misdemeanor that's amazing because one of the misdemeanors he says is she can do anything she wants to public property she could write fuck the mayor in spray paint on any (laughs) building in town and not get in trouble that is a two-week gift that i would have abused not necessarily the vibe i get from this little girl i I also love that it's on like an old scroll (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. i stole this from a girl named cleopatra on the way over here now, if you guys could commit any misdemeanor, what would you commit? I've committed some. <laughs> Do you mean fun. in the past? I think we've all misdemeanors, and I think some of us bigger than that, yeah. uh, and been caught for. You got to make it worth something. So you if you if you could, if you had an unlimited two week misdemeanor free, I'd really need a scroll. list of exactly the difference between a misdemeanor and not. Because and felony, okay, we'll just go with uh, what they say. You can litter. You can loiter. You can panhandle, you can spit. You can spit. Or you can uh, deface public property. I think defacing public property is the fun one. Now, do you think she can use that to get rid of the noise complaint that her mother has to pay now? That's a misdemeanor, I'd assume. I think that should be squashed, yeah. But ultimately, this 13-year-old girl is not excited about this gift, and we kind of find out it was all a decoy gift. He got her four tickets to see Phil Collins, which... Fuck yeah! yeah. Best oh mayor my ever. God. He got my right? vote. 87 here no 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 here's where i was excited so i was like phil collins 87 that would rule we're one year uh removed from when he plays phil the shill on miami vice one of the greatest uh cameo appearances of all time but 87 phil collins didn't tour they did a genesis reunion tour and to me i would a thousand times go see phil collins live and i would not want to go see genesis so here is my thing right and i like i like some genesis songs and now i'm pissed because I've always loved Phil Collins and I've never gotten to see him live. And now he's retired. The last time he came to Boston was a Genesis tour. And I'm, and I looked up the set list and I'm like, ah, he doesn't do any of his solo songs. Like no little side set. Not to like really shit on it, but I'm pretty sure Phil Collins is dying. (laughs) I don't know if you've seen pictures of him, but he looks great. That's why he's done touring. Yeah. I mean, but also 
when that shit happens, I'm always like, good for you, man. Like, you're allowed to retire, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I will forever regret never seeing him live. Like, that sucks, but. A smart tour manager would have been like, Phil Collins does a solo set, Peter Gabriel does a solo set, and then Genesis does a set. That's the whole show. Yeah. You give the two guys their big solo songs, too, because that's what a bunch of the crowd's there to see. And I don't want to see, I mean, I guess I would hang out and see Sledgehammer live or something, but I really would only want to see Phil Collins live. I love Phil Collins so much. But yeah, again, when it comes to Genesis songs, like, I don't yeah. know. What's he, Land like of Confusion? Genesis, for right? Genesis. Yeah. yeah Jesus, he knows in. me. Jesus, he knows uh, I me. I don't like Genesis. It's Invisible Touch is just Phil Collins, right? It's not Genesis. Yep. Yeah, fuck that. Also, you wouldn't be able to hear the songs from the Tarzan soundtrack. That's the only Phil Collins I could give a shit about. I really don't need to hear any of that stuff. Yeah, the Tarzan soundtrack, right? That's what you're <laughs> talking about. The Tarzan soundtrack, Jay, that's what you're really into. <laughs> Not if if I it, I'm trying to think like if if I was told like, hey, Phil Collins can play any one song for you, maybe <sighs> Susudio. No question. No, that's not even like my top five. I'm with Nick on this one. I would say Susudio, except for I think "In the Air Tonight" is not my favorite song. I don't love the the way that everyone loves that song. But I'm such a huge nerd for Miami Vice, and that's the biggest opening scene of Miami Vice ever, and it's so fucking perfect that that would be worth seeing. I think Against All Odds is my favorite Phil Collins song, but the funnest to see live would maybe be Easy Lover. Oh, and Another Day in Paradise. It's so catchy. I will say this, though. As we're going through all of these songs, it would just be amazing to just see him just do all of these songs. Yeah, yeah. He's so good. Come on, Don't Buster. Die, come Phil. back to us. Do one more tour. <laughs> Don't go into the light, Phil. <laughs> I don't want to keep thinking about this. God. This episode's going to come out and be like, Phil Collins passed away. And we're all going to feel so fucking uh, don't bad. Even, don't even be timely. Don't put that into the world. So as she's going to show her friends the tickets, all of a sudden she just like stands up and like looks off into space and has this urge to like, she puts her two hands in front of her and like touches her index fingers. And that apparently freezes time. So now we're she seeing her power. So stupid doing that. So anybody that remembers this show, that's the main thing people remember is when she puts her finger together, she she froze time. She gets other powers later, but they're sporadic. And at first she thought everyone was like pulling a prank on her, and then like eventually as she looks around and sees that no one's moving, and you could see like the mayor's drink was like half pouring out and like the, the liquid was frozen and the fish tank no one was moving and that's when she like panics and she screams, which breaks actually the glass that the mayor's holding. I do want to say this though: so much props to everybody. I was going to say the same thing in this scene. Yeah, I don't know how they did this because I thought maybe she was in front of like a screen it's and really like, they froze them, but like no, they're nope, just they all just, still. They made every background actor suffer. There's one kid who's like a party kid, like her age, and he's standing there with a cup to his mouth, like he was drinking. Yeah. And that would be the hardest because you're blowing air into something that's going to push it back yeah. out at you. Like, your eyes would flicker. Like, that kid deserves a fucking award. Good for you, bud. Anyone who is smart would have figured out a way to freeze yourself with your eyes shut. Yeah. Even, like, the pouring. But everybody was used, sneezing like, and their eyes were closed. <laughs> <laughs> they fell asleep in a sleeping bag and then we they all froze. Like, oh, cool. Because you look at, like, Uncle Bino who's sitting there with the balloon half full and is, like, in his mouth. Like, that sucks. And there was a one kid who was holding an ice cream, so that had to be a fake ice cream because you can't do that for an extended amount of time. There'd be a lot of melting going on, yeah. Hollywood budget, unlimited had, ice cream. They had one of them pouring something, and I don't know how they did that. It had to the just mayor. Like plastic that yeah, looked probably, like... Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. that's what it was. But it was just impressive looking. Like, this whole scene <laughs> is impressive, and it's just like, just people standing still. It just sucks because they were, like, you would see them move, like, just enough to know that they were, like... The mother. I saw the mother move. Mm. There's a few people who were a little shaky. 
they're all doing a good job, but this isn't one of those like Zach Morris timeout situations where everyone has to freeze for like 12 seconds. This was a big chunk of the episode where everyone was stuck in a room, not moving in awkward positions. And that's there was very definitely B roll of them actually paused, right? There was like, they definitely, not all of this was done in real time with them not moving. They definitely, I don't know. They were moving like, through the scene a lot. So I don't yeah, know how they were walking through people. No, they were like panning images of them paused. I mean, I'm, it does, it switches once to them going, when they go in the kitchen, I, I guess they all get a break then. I don't know. I think the smart move would have been they go up to the room and talk because then they yeah. could have got a nice break, but it's what it is. There must have been so many outtakes to the scene. Like they all freeze and like someone sneezing, somebody sneezes. Or, yeah. yeah. Or itchy nose, fart, like, oh, someone laughing because it would be hard not to laugh. Uncle Bino ripping ass. <laughs> when <laughs> when Evie kind of like starts to freak out, she like runs up to her mom and when she touches her, it unfreezes the mother. Now, the mother doesn't realize what's going on at first either, and she's talking and sees that everybody's frozen, and it's like this this whole, she's in, like, disbelief, but it was like, why are you into, you know that this was going to happen, it's that you didn't know which powers specifically, but you knew this was coming. Yeah, the mom should be the only person who's not surprised. Well, the mother, I think, I, well, I think the father had full control of his powers, so maybe he didn't ever accidentally freeze or unfreeze her, so she didn't see it. Well, yeah, but this was like the night before she's in her room asking her if she has any new special powers. So like seeing people frozen shouldn't be like, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. She had to know something was because she even mentions like, I think right now she was like, oh, yeah, your father said that that might happen. Like, so she's aware that this is one of the powers that she might get. It's a good power to have, too. Well, they kind of say that it's not later on. And I was like, really? I, I feel like this could be I useful. think it'd be good, yeah. yeah. I think it would be great. You could steal so many french fries. <laughs> That's where you go. <laughs> I was trying to be wholesome for once. I'd steal french fries. I got a french fry for you to steal. Meanwhile, Joe's really just stopping time and getting all these step people stuck in things. <laughs> <laughs> Did Gordo just reference his pee-pee as a french fry? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you... <laughs> Yeah, it's small and thin. It's a and curly. It's, it's a curly fry. <laughs> Covered in it's salt. It's like a duck. <laughs> Very starchy. Ketchup all over it. Oh, okay. oh fuck. So uh, this is when mom's finally going to come clean and tell Evie what's going on. And she's like, turns out your father is sort of on another planet. Oh, he's an astronaut? Well, yeah. But he's not one of ours. <laughs> no, he's out of this world. Like this is when on. she should have been. She should have said, "Oh, is he Russian?" Well, this is great because this is when it's Eve. Your, your father's an alien. Oh, like Mister Lopez from Guatemala. <laughs> <laughs> not the most dicey thing they've said. <laughs> no, there's a worse one coming up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, because Uncle Bino says something way worse later. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. yeah. No, it keeps going. <laughs> She's like, my father's an alien from outer space. Oh, mom, that's so yucky. That's <laughs> so yucky. So yucky. I also like to the mom response where she's like, it's not that yucky. <laughs> you could have yeah. used a different word. Well, she's trying to explain how they, you know, we fell in love and, and she's like, he's not even human. Like, and you didn't even want me to date Jason Bloomfeld. And I was like. I thought they were going to make a Jew joke. I thought this was going to be some sort of a, I think it was almost implied that way. like. You can date a different species, and I couldn't talk to the Jew kid. <laughs> like, 
I was like, wow, they're really swinging for the fences in the middle of the episode here. Yeah. But then we find out that Jason Bloomfeld is a bald teenager who sewed his <laughs> fingers together. The fuck yeah. does that mean? No, we used to. I mean, you could do that. No, we back did not ever day. do that. <laughs> not us personally, but that was something that. <laughs> but, but a friend of mine and her got it on. <laughs> no, I remember people doing that 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 was a thing that you remember it properly nobody ever sewed their fingers together i I remember like with elmer's glue and you would hold them together no 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 you could go through like the first layer of skin i vividly remember this maybe it was like my cousin who was a little older but they used to do that because it was no internet or anything and they used (laughs) to do that and just have their fingers sewn together that was an 80s thing (laughs) well In any event, Evie is, like, understandably freaking out. She's like, this is so uncool. And Mom's trying to explain, you know, all the things that she used to do with the father. She's like, we used to go to the movies and go to the beach. Like, so obviously, if, you know, he looked like Alf, we wouldn't be able to do that. (laughs) And then she says, believe me, this alien is a hunk. Talking about her father. You know, saying, like, you know, your father (laughs) was a hunk. you know who he is, she is correct. Truly a hunk. Now they're trying to figure out how to unfreeze everybody. But the, the problem is when she unfroze her mom, it was by touching her. So if you have to touch everyone individually, like the first people you unfreeze are going to see what's going on. So you have to figure out a, a way to unfreeze everybody at once, which they have no idea how to do. See, I thought they were going to chain them, like have move their arms so they're all touching each other. And oh, then you just touch yeah. one. That's the direction I thought they were going to go. See, I loved this concept because like, the idea that somebody would be unfrozen one by one would freak them all out. You seem to you seem to really like this show. Yeah. <laughs> Gordo, you seem pro this concept right now in this television show in general. Maybe I'll green light it. Who knows? You don't know. Oh, you wild card, you. As they're trying to game plan here, Donna, who's the mother, she's like, why don't you touch your Uncle Bino and then maybe he'll think of something. It's like, all he thinks of is food. <laughs> Poor Uncle Bino. I would love it if Poor she Uncle touched Bino. him and then he farted. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, no, when she does touch Uncle Bino, he like releases the balloon he was holding and that scares everybody and <laughs> like jumps. So, by everyone, I mean just, you know, the three that are conscious. The unfrozen. I will say, though, they got me here where I forgot that Uncle Bino knows. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, unfreeze Uncle Bino. I was like, oh, yeah, he's the other guy who knows. So I, I was kind of impressed. Where I was like, oh, so much has gone on. I forgot that he's aware of the alien bullshit. There hasn't been a lot going on. From there, we kind of have that like post. There was definitely a commercial break here. So when it fades back in, it's the three of them are all in the kitchen now. And they're trying to game plan what's going on. And they, they kind of close the divider to the living room to have a little privacy, even though everyone's frozen. And I like that there's the one kid who's just stuck in the room with them frozen the whole time. The kid who was eating the ice cream because he just happened to be sitting in the kitchen when it happened. Bino stole his ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Bino. He'll be the death of us all. So as they're like thinking, mom realizes, oh, wait, there's that gift from your father. So they head back to the living room to open it. And when she does, you see it's just like that crystal cube thing, which looks exactly like the drawing that was in her bedroom. So. You know, it's good that you catch these things early on. And they were a little smart about some of that stuff. How do you forget that? That's like a big thing from her dad for when she turns 13. They should have been first thing in the morning. Like, air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that's that's like a in-bed gift. You know what I mean? Like, you just wake up here. Open this one for your father. It, it's one of those things, too, where she says she's basically spent the last 13 years trying to figure out what it is or what it does. She's also, like, been lying to her her whole life, so I wonder if she, her powers didn't activate would she have not have given her her father's gift? 
I feel like there's a backstory we don't hear where she's like a blackout drunk, where she's just like <laughs> getting ripped every night. And she's like, I don't even fucking remember your dad. I don't know if this fucking stupid thing does. Here's my thing, right? So we find out that that cube is a way for her to be able to talk to her father. It's like his energy or something, but it, it kind of starts glowing pink and opens up. And now all of a sudden it's like happy birthday, Eve. And in the voice is Burt Reynolds, as we said, credit is Troy, right? Troy's the name of the actual alien father. Yeah. Troy is the dad. So my thing is, even if she didn't have like powers before she was 13, why didn't dad say, Hey, give this to Eve so I can talk to her because her powers fuel it. Her powers had to be activated for, okay. Cause I was like, you know, you could have just talked to your daughter in general. <laughs> like she didn't have to just have powers for you to <laughs> That's communicate a with bad her. day. It's kindergarten day. And dad just like, turns it off. Like, I don't want to fucking deal with that today. <laughs> <laughs> what I didn't like about this though, is how they go on to explain that. Like it's her link to him that it's only genetic. But then Uncle Bino and the mom can hear her. They can hear him, but he can't hear them. Right. Yeah. No, no. But but they were also t- acknowledging him when he was talking. Yeah, they can hear that. him. They can he hear can't him. can't hear them. They can't talk back to him. And no one should ever talk back to Burt Reynolds, to be honest with you. What I didn't like about this, this whole interaction that I thought was incredibly silly was the amount of time it's been since they've spoken to each other 13 well they've never spoken to each other right she's born he was already gone it's been 13 years he talks for 10 seconds like all right gotta go (laughs) (laughs) dad can you help me with my homework nope fuck you see you later if he wasn't so busy then he wouldn't have uh he wouldn't have left to begin with yeah Every time he tries to chop in, though, maybe he like tries to come in. He's like, "I want to see what my daughter's up to." And he's like, "Nope, still flat." And he's like, "Never mind, fuck that, I'm out of here. Like, I'll come back tomorrow." <laughs> oh boy, have you been watering them? <laughs> Every time he comes in, it's just a real inopportune moment. <laughs> oh, it's Uncle Bino's ass. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the thing with that. So to go back into the whole Burt Reynolds thing. So yeah, he's uncredited, and this was all a favor to the the creators of the show. He's friends with. This is when he was on that show Evening Shade, so he couldn't actually be credited. It wasn't that he didn't want to, it's contractually he wasn't legally allowed to, which is likely also why he's doing a weird voice. So it's because he's such an obvious voice, right? Like if he does Burt Reynolds just talks, you're gonna be like, that's obviously. Yeah, I was gonna say, if you don't know, you don't hear Burt Reynolds. Right. No. He's, he's obviously putting a voice on. My thing was, it, well, if that's the case and you're not crediting him and he's not using his voice, do you need him? They did it so uh, five guys who have a podcast can talk about it like 30 yeah, years later. Yeah. yeah, but also like these things change, right? Like you see this all the time. This is a big thing in music, right? Where you'll see some album where 20 years later, someone's like, oh, did you know that so-and-so played on this song? But because they were under contract with the record label, they couldn't say they did. So they went under like a pseudonym, right? It's been, it's like, I think it's always happened. And it eventually you hope that you can say, hey, I did it. Or maybe when he renegotiates his Evening Shade contract, he can say, hey, I'm going to go do this, right? And then he's, now you've got Burt Reynolds on your show. But also, even if you can't advertise it, if some humongous actor was like, hey, I want to read the intro for the S1E1 podcast, but you can't say it's me, we would do it, and we would all love that it was a thing nobody knew about. You know what I mean? Like, you let it happen. I'd tell. (laughs) I I think we're the worst group of people to let that happen to, so. Uh, In case we have any famous listeners, don't worry about it. It's not going to (laughs) work. Don't trust us. 
Is that Vicky Lawrence? No, that's Didi Megadoodoo. <laughs> Why is Joe not on the show anymore? Did he leave his wife for Vicky Lawrence? Didi <laughs> Megadoodoo. Scooter. When when he's um when Dad's talking, he's telling Evie, "Hey, you know, tell your mother how much I miss her, and you know that I love her." And then you get Bino off to say, go, why don't you get your butt back here and tell her yourself? You know what? God bless him. Sticking up for his sister. Yeah. I'm yeah. also with Bino. He left yeah. 13 years ago. 14. He's got alien shit to do that, you know, I don't know what aliens do. Yeah. Bino was being a good brother and a good uncle. And I just, I don't know what goes into being an alien. So there's probably a lot to it that we don't understand. Yeah, but aliens, if aliens in the family taught us anything, is that they can coexist. exist. Well, he had alien shit to do. He had to leave. He's been trying to get back, he said. He, he, we find that out later. Yeah, I mean, again, if we go to Coneheads, right, it's hard to get back here. You have to put off a pretty big stunt to come back on purpose. It was like, sorry, daughter, I was going to get space milk. I'll be back in <laughs> 10 more years. Milk. I have to narfle the Garthok before I come back here <laughs> to the Earth, so I apologize. <laughs> He explains to Evie, too, in this moment that because she's only half alien, she's only going to be able to use some of her powers. So she's never going to have like full alien whatever that they're able to do. But she will have some modified lesser version of. She's got some good powers, though. I wonder why they like snuck that in there, because we don't know what aliens can and can't do. It's like a pointless (laughs) line. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's what aliens can do. All right. It's not like he's Superman and like you were familiar with all the powers of a Kryptonian. He's like, well, you're only going to have the super strength, but you can't fly. Like, it's just like you're only as fast as a sort of fast bullet. Also here, we get another cut to Bino and he goes, I hope he's not calling collect. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Bino. I'm not sure I appreciate your Beano voice, all right? Stop being so <laughs> condescending. Also, Beano, a, like, world-class voice actor, and you're just doing the <laughs> shittiest voice to do him. Like, it's not how... Put some respect on poor R.I.P. Beano. Oh, I'm sorry. Did Beano do something, like, super creative with his voice for this show? Nobody did for his whole career outside of this show. Well, I'm not here to talk about the accolades of this man. I'm talking about Uncle Beano. I want to talk about the accolades of Uncle Bino. Who did he play? He was in, like, every 80s cartoon ever. He's a bunch of the voices in, like, Roger Rabbit, a bunch of the, like, Disney cartoons. He's He's been a voice actor. He was in Casper, as we talked about earlier. He did, his his credits are fucking wildly long. So I'd say his biggest role is he was Sylvester in Looney Tunes. You remember Tunes. the Stinky Ghost? There's three ghosts in Casper. I've seen the movie maybe once. So remember, life. remember in Casper there was Stretch, Fatso, and Stinky. Smellogram. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, he's do the Smellogram Ghost, Gordo. Gordo doesn't remember. No, I do remember that actually. Ironically, you might know him as the voice of Grandpa Lou Pickles. Oh, yeah, he's in Rugrats. A ton of Looney Tunes. Tom yeah, and Jerry. Sylvester's probably a huge one. Yeah, he was Sylvester yeah, he was, in the '90s. So like that's he was uh, in tons huge. and tons of stuff. Oh, okay. Like in this Beano. <laughs> it's Beano okay, guys, like right. Beano. I was like, oh, and he was in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I remembered, oh, Sylvester's in that movie. <laughs> Never mind. He's also credited as the voice of Daffy Duck in an episode of the Drew Carey Show. I don't know how that went, but apparently he's been Daffy in a few different things. Oh, do you know what else he's into? I forgot to mention. I looked it up and I wrote it down in my notes. He's Richard Nixon in Forrest Gump. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Oh. Yeah, he's the voice of Nixon in Forrest Gump. How amazing is that? So now, like. Dad's like 
starting to get almost into like this DJ routine while he has doo-wop playing in the background. And the mom's like, this is how he's communicating with us because he loves doo-wop. It's like, he's communicating with his voice. He can just keep using his voice. He he's literally he, just he, does, he, he doesn't need he to send signals. Singers? Yeah, he's not a ghost. Uh, he doesn't have to play the record. Yeah, I would like because they don't show him that it's just all the other aliens in the background going, doo-wop. <laughs> and I, it, there is a point earlier where we find out that, that his race does have two hearts. So uh, later he says, I miss you with all my hearts and Enoch. And there's like a look in the mom kind of shrugs that off when Bino asks what that is. Are they is. talking about his dick? It seems sexual, right? This seems very they sexual. Do. And it's weird that he's including it in this sentiment and to his daughter. Yes. Yes. It's weird. But don't overlook the two hearts. That makes him a time lord, like in Doctor Who. Okay, nerd. I was going to say. <laughs> Same, that's the nerd that's alert. The thing. Wee, wee. It's, with the time powers and everything, obviously there's a crossover waiting to happen. I mean, yeah, Frog, obviously we were all thinking it, but, you know, <laughs> we're just wondering if anyone's going to actually outwardly say it. I mean, is it going to be an episode where they go to Gallifrey? I hope so. So he kind of <laughs> ends this conversation and the cube closes. And that's when they're like, wait, you know, he never even explained how to unfreeze everybody at once. That pissed me off. That's why you called and no one fucking asked. Also, can't you just call right back? <laughs> Is there also like a weird Big Bopper reference here too? Isn't he like goodbye from the Big he Bopper? Yeah, he plainly like, said okay. the Big Bopper signing out. Yeah, he said the Big Papa. No, he said Big Bopper. Big Bopper. No, he said Big Papa. Nope, it was a reference to the the era of music he's playing. Yeah. No, we definitely said Big Papa. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> you're wrong. Let's all go but, with Gordo on this yeah. one. There's a point where. Evie asks her mom, like, does grandma know? And she's like, tell my mother I married an alien. And that's when Pino's like, she goes nuts if we say hello to a Mexican. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> this stopped me in my tracks. You're in the last five minutes of this show, and you're sort of on autopilot taking notes. And then they throw this gem out there? Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, you like, know what's funny, shit. too, is there we have seen more racially sensitive shows in this time. Like, this is not, like, you could blame the time, obviously, you have to, but we have seen shows from this time, I, mean, I had one in my mind, and I can't remember what it was now, that they don't cross that line. So it's not the time, I don't think, they just fucking didn't care. It's not that a line's cross, it's they're making fun of the generation before. No, 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 I, I get that, yeah, but I feel like, the, and they wouldn't have even put that line in. It was weird for sure, like, I just didn't see that <laughs> it coming. funny, <laughs> but it was, I was... It caught me off guard. I was unexpected. Yeah, sure. very unexpected. Yeah. And also weird, too. You're like, he's a racist or whatever, but you're in a state that borders Mexico, which is also weird. Like, I imagine if you live in California. No, California definitely borders Mexico, Jay. I'm not saying that. Yeah, I didn't say not like ish. And, like, it's not Texas. Like, it's right? not like by a lot. But yeah, the, I, mean, I mean, a big part of it, San Diego into that. San Diego area, to Tijuana, giant like, of... That's right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's why she fucked an alien, like, rebe like rebelling against her mom. Like, I don't want you speaking to those Mexicans. Oh, fuck you, mom. <laughs> I think she fucked him because he looked like Burt Reynolds. And this, she looked like 1972 or 73 Burt Reynolds. This is Gator McCluskey, White Lightning Burt Reynolds. You were gonna do that. Well, at this point, Evie gets up and has another urge. And now she's getting up and just putting her hands together. <laughs> and by doing that, that's what magically unfreezes everybody at once. And as soon as that happens, that girl fucking walks off with the sweater. <laughs> <laughs> she flat out, she doesn't buy, she steals it. <laughs> yeah. Not much of a gift at that point, is it? And Evie's like, I wonder if I could do it again. 
And mom's like, you doing your hamburger? What? <laughs> Minced meat. The mayor just has a broken glass now. He's like, whoops. <laughs> it should have been, you no, do it and your burger. And then Bino should have been like, burger, B. And like, they could have <laughs> yeah. gone from that. Yeah. Someone say burger? Oh, that's meat. It starts with M. Somebody say Bert. That means I can eat your dad. <laughs> burger. Oh, that's cow. That's a C. I can't eat that. <laughs> Close enough. Birthday cow. <laughs> <laughs> B for Burt Reynolds. I'm gonna eat your father. I just said that. Did you? I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. <laughs> so the party kind of winds down after everybody unfreezes, which I don't understand why. Because it was they didn't know they were frozen. Like it was still early in the party, according <laughs> yeah. to them. But uh, we flash forward to that night, and now Mom's in Evie's room with her, and she tells her all these things that she's been drawing her from. Was it a- Antares or what was that? The planet that her father's from? Antares. Yeah, I think that's right. Which is, it's like a star, it's a solar thing. I looked it up. It is a real thing in the solar system somewhere. So basically, like, Evie's getting all these images in her head, and it's just a matter of, she didn't know where they were coming from. But it's all kind of somehow transmitted through her father, like these, these images of, you know, where he's from and all these different things. Do you think he showed her his aunt talk? Epoch. Well, that'll come up in a minute. But as I think about it, too, with these drawings, you, you would have thought when she drew the cube, the mom would have been like, I have that cube. <laughs> oh, I've seen one of those. There's one of those in this house currently as we speak. Now, she left it wrapped this whole time. That's why she's been trying to figure out what it yeah, was. Dad, dad wrapped it. it and gave it as a wrapped gift. He's like, have her, un- have her open this when she turns 13. Also, I don't know what kind of constitution she has, but could you leave something unwrapped and not check it for 13 years? She's no. taking a peek at some point. I don't even think the tape would hold up for 13 years. Yeah, it's like open itself. So Evie's saying to her mom, like, hey, what if I had turned into something awful? And mom's like, like a teenager? And she's like, I knew you'd turn out okay. No, you fucking didn't. You didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, she was literally at the beginning of the episode being like, I have no idea what's going to happen with her. Yeah. I knew this was all going to be fine. No, 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 no. It's a good thing she stayed humanoid. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and now Evie's done with the sketch that she had been doing in the beginning of the episode, and she shows her mom, and it's a picture of her father. And the mom's getting emotional. She's like, you know, I haven't seen him in so long. And I was like, did you guys not take a single picture together? Right. You got married. You went to the movies and all this. There's no photos. No photos this whole time. Well, no- I mean, you, you got to remember, too, this was what? So she's turning 13 and 85. So that's 73 There's cameras. Yeah. The yeah. 70s. But they're not as abundant. You know, you still get a wedding photo. Yeah. Oh, at least sure. one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. My parents graduated in the late 70s and like they have plenty of pictures like from that era of like when they first started dating and stuff, you know, from bringing cameras out with them. So can I just be the one to say it? Not Joe, but she's definitely going to flick her Bino. I wasn't going to say that. So yeah, you can have that all on your own, bud. Sorry, Joe. This one's all Gordo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. You usurped my joke, Gordo. (laughs) Joe. I would have loved if they spun the picture around and it was like it wasn't a humanoid alien. It was just like like one of the xenomorphs from fucking alien, <laughs> like something <laughs> disgusting, like two miles. <laughs> it looks like Pizza the Hut. She's like, oh, dad's a hunk. <laughs> Your dad is such a hunk. It looks just like Bino, but with like a big cartoony mustache on him. <laughs> and when she gives her that picture, by the way, and verifies that this is your father. She's like, you were right. He is a hunk. 
that's your that's fucking your dad. dad. <laughs> like that's, that's so weird, weird yeah. right? Yeah. You could be like, he was a handsome fella. Hunk. Yeah. Weird word. To, to, to be in that, like, yeah, that 90s girl, like, <laughs> the way she said it was just, I don't know, <laughs> so weird. She's hot, like, he's hot like Scott Bayo. Like, that's a weird fucking thing to say. Scott Bayo, who's on the show later on. Oh, we, I was going to talk about that. There are some amazing guest stars that come on here. Mr. T. <laughs> Yeah, but he did everything in the 80s. That's true. He's Clubber, Clubber Lang, and he's... Uh, B.A. Baracus. B.A. Baracus, thank you. WrestleMania. He was WrestleMania? Yes, he was. He was. He was the, the headlining act of WrestleMania 1 and 2. And WrestleMania 2. Well... The two most boring <laughs> WrestleManias of all time. Yeah. Until the modern era. Modern era is great. Well, moving right along from all of that, now she gives her mom the drawing, and her mom leaves. I go flick her Beano. Yeah, as Joe so desperately wants to be able to say, but <laughs> Joe, stop uh, trying to make it happen. My joke has been ruined, and I'm going to bed. I'll see you guys all tomorrow. So now that Evie's alone, she talks to the cube again, and then Dad like opens up and he's talking to her, and she's asking if she's ever going to see him, and he's like, "Well, I'm trying." And then she says, "Hey, can I just ask you one more thing? Like, what's an Enoch?" And she's like, "He says you better ask your mom." And now I'm like, okay, so it is something pervy. Yeah. <laughs> and then again, he's like, gotta go. <laughs> it's like, what yeah. the fuck? He's busy. He's doing like, I just shit. said that to my daughter, huh? Well, see you later. In fairness, he's the one who said, like, I love you too with like my hearts and Enoch. So maybe the hearts for just his daughter and then the Enoch for his wife. And, and it closed out with her, like, she's about to go to bed, but before she's sitting in like an alcove. No, like, she goes. No, she goes over to like the, the. She goes over to her window, which is like that giant green screen that's just showing black with a couple dots for the stars. And she looks out to the stars and just sings doo wop. And that's like, how. Shooby dooby doo. I felt like shows like this, like that, are so goofy. Like, why did this not end with like a silly joke? Like, this is like Bino should have fucking popped in the room or something to the end. No, she should have looked out, and she should have seen John Lovett sitting on a tree branch a <laughs> with a glass bird. of wine and binoculars. <laughs> that would have been the most immediate green light of all time. What's an Enoch? It's a big horny bird. <laughs> it just didn't make sense to me when I'm like, like this doesn't. This ending is flat. Like it ended real flat. So I'm gonna go out on a limb, as I have to do with a lot of stuff with this show, but. I think it's her psychic connection with her dad, which is why she can see stuff on the planet that she'd never seen. That wouldn't be in her DNA that she knows a planet. So the dad loves doo-wop, and now with that psychic connection, she's singing doo-wop. But I feel like she doesn't need to look out into the stars to like imagine where her dad is when you just talk to him for a second. She's singing it either. to her dad through space. She just Where's talked heart, to him man? in person. Where are your hearts? Where's your Enoch? I don't want to say. I think my Enoch's in my pants, but I'm not 100% what an Enoch is, so I couldn't He's be a wrong. Balchinian. Is it anything like a Jargon? Is it come out of the shoulder? My Isn't Enoch Steve Buscemi's character's name in Borbok Empire? I feel like it is. <laughs> no, he's Nucky. Yeah, but I think Nucky is short for Enoch. Well, if you, if you like, just Google it, an Enoch is a biblical figure and patriarch prior to Noah's flood, and the son of Jared and the father of Methuselah. Methuselah. Oh, Jared from Subway? Yeah. And the antediluvian period of the Hebrew Bible. So, um, you know, not a dick, but maybe a dick. I don't think, yeah, I don't think any of those are what he meant. But 
I don't know for sure. He just got brainwashed while he was on Earth by religious fanatics. <laughs> but that's the conclusion of the episode. Uh, it ends on that doo-wop note. I don't have a lot of extra info on it. Like, you know, th- there's not a lot of stuff out there on this show other than the fact of its own existence and a little bit about its creation. I have a little fun one. So on the con- confrontation ride at Universal Studios back in the day, uh, when you're riding on the tram, the TV screen is showing out of this world, and then that gets interrupted by the thing. Kong's attacking the city. Interesting. Odd so, pick. Fun little <laughs> Yeah. Weird. One thing I did want to bring up is that NBC did, so when this premiered, NBC was doing like a weird special thing where they were doing all syndicated shows, and they were starting their primetime at 7.30, because 7.30 is not technically primetime. That's when usually like game shows or reruns are on. So they just kind of like threw a bunch of spaghetti at the wall to start shows at 7.30 to see if they could beat other networks with ratings because they would have first run programming. And there's a bunch of shows like we could actually do like a whole month on just the weird shows that came out, including one that is Suzanne Summer's comeback show where she plays a widowed woman who becomes a sheriff in a small town. That is ranked as one of the 50 worst TV shows of all time that now I am obsessed with seeing that is definitely on my list for a coming soon for this show. Is it a sitcom or is it like a... It's all sitcoms. So that one's called She's the Sheriff. There's also one called Marblehead Manor, which is about all of the people who live and work around this one giant mansion and Michael Richards is in it. Like there's a lot of weird shows. So I'm going to save all of these because I think it'll be interesting to cover some of them. Oh, joy. Yeah, you'd be really excited. Oh, I think she's the sheriff, though. Suzanne Summers as a, sh- a wacky sheriff in the late 80s, that's going to be gold. Well, time will tell if we cover that one. But yeah, I mean, if you pick it, you pick it. And um, <laughs> there's not really much else to say about the episode, so not, to not drag it on too much further, we'll do the green light or cancel. So I'm going to go in the order I see you guys in. Uh, Nick, starting with you. This show was really stupid, but I liked it. There's just something about this show that I, the she does a really good job. What's her name? Maureen Flanagan, I think, does a really good job. She's a younger actress, and so, you know, we talk about it a lot. You can you can really miss with, you know, a young child actress. But Donna Pescow does a, a good job, too. I mean, I didn't even know it was Burt Reynolds, honestly. So, I mean, just having his voice doesn't really mean anything to me. And, you know, Bino is funny. It's just there's a lot that could be fixed about this, honestly. But. There's enough here that it's just, I don't know, it's enticing. I want to see more and kind of see what happens. It's its goofy and lighthearted enough that um, it's its kind of an easy green light, honestly. So, yeah, green light for me. Berg. Yeah, I agree with Nick. Uh, so it's a green light for me. I love, even the alien things aside, I love the family dynamic on this show. Like, really believable, her and her mom, her and her uncle. And I, I love each character. I think they're fun. And then when you get into the alien stuff, it's like, he says, uh, you're not going to get all your powers. I would tune in just to see what powers she does get in later episodes. Like, that's exciting to me. Newsflash, she doesn't get many. <laughs> I'm ignoring all that. I would give it an instant green light if it had the correct theme song. It gets a green light anyway, but that would have helped. Uh, did it have problems? Yeah. But it's a goofy 80s show, and it's fun. I got Alex Mack vibes from it with the whole powers and stuff. <laughs> And I'll, I'll green light that when we cover that. Spoiler alert. So green light. <laughs> Joe. Yeah, I think you both said very important things. Nick said it's stupid, but I like it, which I agree with. And Ferg said she only has half her powers. She got the first one today. Do we want to see where her other ones go? I do. 
This show is super dumb, but I enjoyed it a lot. I agree with Ferg, too. I wish the real theme song was on here, but we all have that access. We can listen to it. One thing I will say is when we do make our Bucket Breaths t-shirt, I would also like to make a bumper sticker that says, I'm Kino for Bino. That is a piece of merchandise (laughs) that I'll be working on immediately after this. So with saying that, I'm Kino for Bino, and that's a green light. Gordo. I hated this show. Every <laughs> so, this is like the worst show that we've ever covered. Like oh, you, from worst. outer space. How are we friends still? I do not understand you. I I don't. Let know him finish. Either. Let him provide no evidence, and then we'll hit him. No, I just did not like this. I watched the clock the entire time. I watched this. This was not. I didn't find a single thing of this funny. I didn't find a single thing of this like. That explains that you were watching a clock instead of a show. That watching a clock would have been more preferable than watching this show this is i don't i don't even consider this a sitcom this was there was no funny there was no funny in this i i got zero funny out of this i i did not like this i do not want to see a second episode i cannot believe that this was syndicated and that there was 96 episodes this is ridiculous no no this is literally the worst show that we have covered the worst show I am going out in a limb, and I am saying that. This is the worst show that we have ever covered. And I am dumber for watching it. I am awarding no points. <laughs> Goodbye. Gordo, I can't believe that you would say this is the worst show we've covered with some of your picks. It literally boggles my fucking mind. Yes. So, um, again, I would have thought if anyone was to greenlight it first, it would have been Gordo. Um, so it's kind of weird that it's gone the complete opposite. So, yeah, so I watched this. Uh, yesterday, uh, first, and then rewatched it today, and it just—it's a fun show. I, I mean, it really is. It's—it's it's very simple, and I liked it. It was—I don't know. There's not a lot to it. It's a simple premise, and keep in mind, back when we did like Small Wonder, which I think is definitely something that's kind of in that same realm. I love that show. So, like, this stuff works for me. You know, it's like it's goofy. It's not meant to overthink too much. You just like, it is what it is. It's, it's silly situations and we move on. And I liked it with that. I'm going to give it the green light as well, which means congratulations to out of this world. You do get greenlit with four out of five. So, um, what Gordo considers to be the worst show we've ever covered overwhelmingly gets greenlit. So I want to thank everybody who's been listening. Um, Again, go to s21pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to our social media. Follow us on Instagram and X. Hit us up. Let us know shows you want us to cover. Just talk to us in general. We really like the feedback, how you guys found us, things like that. It's just been really cool to talk to you guys. Again, we have two more weeks of Fanuary coming up. So stick around for that. We got two more on the way. And every week we have a new episode that comes out on Thursday. So we'll catch you next week with another new one. But until then, thank you. Goodbye. I think we got the best bald teenager who sewed his fingers together. <laughs> <laughs> meow, 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 meow. <laughs>